Buzzer Podcast, all music. Worldwide music started in local music scenes. Underground independent unsigned talent. Music you choose to hear, not the music mainstream tells you to hear. Hosted by Shay. The Buzzer Podcast is a Canadian broadcast connected to artists around the globe. Hey y'all, I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast on Air Indie. From iPad to yours over the airways. Today on the show, Matt Burke, a Nashville-based songwriter. Uh, he has uh, been around all of the United States. Orlando, Chicago, Chattanooga, Franklin, Jacksonville, and now uh, creates in Nashville. Uh, interesting episode, so enjoy. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on to the show. It's really great to have you on the program and talk about your music. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting. I love your music. Love your music. Uh, you have quite a background. You've been around the music scene for quite some time, hopping around United mm -hmm. States, and now you're in Nashville. Uh, can you tell me a bit about your background? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I grew up in Florida. I spent third grade through senior year all in the same small town in central Florida, a little town called Deland, kind of halfway between Daytona Beach and Orlando. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always done music. You know, it started in college, just started doing, you know, well, I mean, started way before that, right? Like I was in metal bands and rock bands and stuff when I was 15 and 13 and growing up. Really? You know, I was, I was, yeah, I was always in something, right? So it's uh, you know, back in like the late 90s, we were in a band called Postal, and it was very similar to kind of the corn, Limp biscuit, cold chamber, just aggro teen. You know, my mom took my skateboard away kind of music, but uh, it was good, okay. though. You know, it, was, it, was, it was good for what it was. I could, okay. I could still revisit that recording and be like, hey, it holds up, you know, which is good. But I mean, I guess my point is I've always been involved in something, right? And then in, in college, it became a little bit more like the acoustic duo thing, a little bit more the singer-songwriter thing, and that's where I really started to get the bug for songwriting. Yeah. And, um you know, fast forward a little bit, I thought I was going to go to grad school, you know, I thought I was going to go play it safe and do the standard, you know, career path. And I went to Michigan State for grad school, I was in a PhD program for behavioral neuroscience. So I was way in over my head. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I say it was a mutual hoodwinking, you know, I, I convinced the woman who was, you know, taking me into her lab that I was qualified to be there. And she convinced me that she was a laid back cool woman to work for. And <laughs> neither of those things were true. And I, I quickly realized, like, okay, I'm, I'm not in the right place here. But the music had always kept growing, right? Like my desire in doing music and writing songs had always been and really yeah. always at the forefront for me, you know. So when I decided to stop Michigan State with the masters instead of the grad school, I, I got a job out in Chicago. And that yeah. put me right right in the heart of, you know, blues music and cover bands and an active music scene. And mm -hmm. I just dove in head first, you know, and, and I started getting more and more involved. And that's when around 2010, I put out my first album with the Matt Burke band. And that was really when I started saying, okay, I want to want to really create something around this. I really want to try to put my music out there. Yeah. And, um, and the Matt Burke band was the focus for a long time, you know, from about 2010 to about 2018. Um, a couple of years in, I moved down from Chicago back to Florida, where I was originally from, and built the band out down there in Florida. And uh, we were really working the central Florida market for a couple of years there. And then, you know, my keys player passed away unexpectedly. And that was that was kind of a real shock, you know, and it kind of threw the whole thing up in the air about what the future was going to be. And at that point, I just said, you know what, this has always been about me and my songs. So let me let me just focus on that for a while, you know. It must have been very dramatic for you, given that you gave up the band with that death and 
of uh, your close band member and became yeah. a solo. Yeah, it was, was a, it was a really it was a tough year, you know, because I mean, putting a band together is never an easy thing to do, especially when yeah. you're the solo songwriter. You know, it's it's not as if I had grown up with, you know, everybody in my band and we'd all been equal partners in the songwriting. I was always bringing the songs to the table. So it was hard to find people that were really bought into the full band project. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I get that. Yeah, yeah. And so I finally had a little group building over a couple of those years from 2015 to 2018 in Florida that was really getting some traction. And it was really built around me and Leon, you know, the keys player. And and we had grown up together in the Central Florida, you know, band program, you know, marching band, bands since middle school on, you know, so I'd always known her and always grown up with her. And when I moved back to Florida, she reconnected and, and we got into the band and it was just, it was perfect from a musical standpoint. I mean, her keys, her background vocals, like the direction she wanted to go, everything was really great, you know, and yeah. And it turns out, you know, she, she had walk-in pneumonia for the better part of a year and had no idea, you know. And so she uh-huh. just got really sick out of nowhere and none of us expected it. And, you know, from the time she was in the hospital until five days later when she passed away, you know, it, it moved really quick. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. So what got your bug in songwriting? Like what what happened? I, I'm a songwriter myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I put things on the table for a long time and then I I get the bug. I just wanted to know what motivated you to pick up the pen and the guitar. Yeah, I really, you know, it's just one of those things that I think I've always done. You know, I, I, I started very early just kind of tinkering around with trying to write my own songs. And, yeah. and then, you know, you, you go through those those big breakups in middle school and high school that feel like they're the end of the world. And you have all these emotions, you know, hormone-fed emotions that you don't know what to do with. And you know, my, <laughs> my, my channel was always just pouring them out on paper and trying to really? you know, write something that sounded cool. Yeah, it's, it's I never said, I'm going to try to do this. It's just, it's just something that naturally came from me learning instruments and, and being a fan of music, you know. That's but, very cool. Yeah, and I think when I look back on the songs that always spoke to me, it's always been kind of singer-songwriter tunes. It's always been those songs that tell a story, you know, and I think that that's largely what shaped my interest in, in writing that kind of music. And was it always the same genre? Like the one- oh, no. No? Okay. No, it's been all over the place, yeah. And how did that happen? uh, I I think it was very eclectic growing up. You know, my dad uh, listened to a lot of outlaw country. That's where that influence comes from. So my dad, you know, raised me on on Hank and Merle and Willie and Wayne. Oh, my God, real real country. (laughs) Yeah, like classic 70s, you know, outlaw country. And and I really came to love that stuff. But mom was much more of a hippie, much more of the psychedelic 60s rock kind of stuff. So that's where I got my, my Beatles and my Doors and my Jimi Hendrix and my Jeff an airplane and my Janice, you know, and, and so I was a big fan of all that kind of music. And I think being open to that many sounds growing up, you know, when I started really identifying what my music was and what spoke to me, it was all over the place. I've listened to Motown and oldies and soul and funk, yeah. and, you know, and I've gone through hard rock phases and I've, I've gone through it all. I just love music, you know, but when it comes back to it, at the end of the day, I want to be able to write songs that stand alone with an acoustic guitar and a vocal, you know, I think that's what it all takes me back to. I think the song song is above and beyond everything else and so I think I ended up in a place where that's what guides my songwriting now is does it stand alone on an acoustic and a vocal and if so great mm-hmm. now we can produce it out and make it really interesting you know yeah that's so how do you test the song well Nashville's great for that you know down in Florida it was you know I didn't nearly have the amount of songs written that I have up here you know there's a big pressure to write up here and there's a lot of people to write with so now it's I have you know over the course of a year 50 60 songs that I can cherry pick versus in Florida I you know I, in a year I would come up with 10 or 15 and that would be the album you know what I mean okay so and you so, spend you spend most of your day songwriting 
Mm-hmm. I've got standing co-writes with a couple different co-writers about three times per week, and then about once or twice per week I pepper in like a random co-write with a new person or or an every other month sort of thing with some other folks. But I, I'm very active in the writing. I'm lazy, you know. So if it's up to me to just write on my own, it's probably not going to happen. So I use the co-writes as a way to kind of ensure that I'm constantly generating new material. It's it's a quite an active and electric scene there. Um, uh, in Nashville, a lot of coffee houses and mm-hmm. new music being showcased. Yes. Uh, and I'm a big fan of that, like that vibe. And you said, how do you test these things out? And Nashville yeah. is really great for the songwriter rounds, you know. So you just go out there and you sit on a stage with three other writers for an hour and, and you try out songs and you see how the room resonates with it, you know. And for me, yeah. since I've been to Nashville, the, the singles that I've released have been those songs that have traditionally done really well at every one of the writers rounds that I perform them at. That must be an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to be here, yeah. So did your creative process change moving from Florida to Nashville? Very much so. Yeah, I, I'd say there's much more of a structure and a system to it now. You know, it's I show up to write whether I feel like it or not, and something comes out of that every time. In Florida, it was I would write when inspiration hit, right? And so mm-hmm. I just never knew when that inspiration was going to hit. So I'd go months without writing something new because I wasn't quote-unquote feeling inspired. And now I think Nashville has forced me to say, you know, this is this is a job, man. You show up. You show up to work. And some days, you know, you're banging your head against the wall for just a concept, you know. And other days, it, you know, an, an entire song flows out in two hours. So you never really know what you're going to get. But for me, I know that if I show up, I'm going to end up in a good spot, you know. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And do you find that your songwriting is a bit more technical because of that? Yeah, I think I think the craft of songwriting is something that I've really, you know, focused on learning and studying since I've gotten here. Um, I'm a member of this online community based in Nashville called Songtown, um, okay. but it's also it's a global network, so folks from all over the globe can join in, and then they can, you know, meet people virtually and start co-writing with folks that are in Nashville or across the globe. And and one of the things Songtown is great about is kind of teaching you the craft, right? So they've got when you first sign up, there's this whole backlog of things about you know crafting melody and crafting interesting rhymes and you know prosody and rhythm and and so there's you know, all the brass tacks to make sure you've got all that in place and then it's a huge network of just meeting people and getting song reviews and getting feedback on what you're doing well and what you're not and I found that process is really great for kind of refining and and, and making me a stronger songwriter you know I feel like I, I don't waste as many words now as I used to <laughs> if that makes sense uh, you know that does make sense does, and the platform is song down Songtown, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty cool. Well, we're going to be listening to Coffee, Whiskey, and Weed first. Great. An- incredible classic <laughs> country. It's a fun song. Absolutely. Um, and I, uh, the story behind it is really funny, too. Uh, mm-hmm. t- tell us a bit about that before we listen to it. Yeah, so this was one that I wrote uh, back in the, you know, right when the first lockdown was happening, the beginning of the corona pandemic. And uh, it was a buddy of mine, CJ, you know, and we were, we were getting together for a, a virtual co-write. And we were kind of just chatting at the beginning and saying, you know, you know, this, this lockdown is crazy. You've got everything together. Are you all ready for it? And I said, well, pretty much. I've stocked up on, you know, groceries and everything. There's just a few things I need left. I still need. And I was running it through my head. I said, I need coffee. I need whiskey. And I need weed. And I said, hold on. <laughs> and that's a song. song. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the day, you know, we. We put that title down, and, and I think that song came out. That was one of those where it came out in three hours, you know, beginning to end, concept to done. And, uh, yeah, it's been one of my favorite songs to play. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an incredible song, a lot of fun, and we're going to listen to it now. 
Great. Coffee, whiskey, and weed. the bottom of that bourbon bottle late last night but it seems i've been at the bottom of the barrel most of my life i sure could use a coffee and i sure could use a toe but i ain't got nothing brewing and i'm down to my last smoke i'm out the door i'm on my way you gotta buy that dog to bitch you before you feel the pain couple stops Whiskey ain't weak. Well, I've given up on growing up and doing what I should. I got one twisted up in a full cup, and tonight I'm feeling good. Gonna burn that mother down and sip that fifth of bean. And come tomorrow morning, a tall black coffee is what I'll need. I'm out the door. I'm on my way. You gotta buy that dog to bitch you before you feel the pain. made of stone don't need no woman calling telling me to come back home don't need a million dollars i live my life low-key 30 bucks should do the trick for some coffee whiskey and weed i'm out the door i'm, the door. I'm on my way you gotta buy that dog to bitch you before you feel the pain couple stops to get what i need Whiskey and weed. I'm driving all around town looking for coffee, whiskey and weed. Said I'm driving all around town looking for coffee, whiskey and weed. I thought it was fun. I thought it was really fun. Um, and I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you actually sell rolling papers that are branded? <laughs> I do. Yeah. So my I, I saw it on your website and I'm going, and I didn't have time to click on the link. And I'm going, no, the dude actually sells rolling papers. Yeah. Well, I mean, so my, my plan was to kind of have some sort of merch item that could go along with each release. Right? It's amazing. And, yeah. And so when it came up on Coffee, Whiskey, Weed, I'm like, okay, I could do, you know, maybe whiskey glasses. I don't know. Those don't ship so well. You don't know if people are going to, you know, and, and I was just trying to think of ideas. I had entertained the idea of doing like an old school one hitter box like with burned in logo for Matt Burke band. I mean, it's been cool, yeah. but you know, a little bit too pricey. And then I said, you know, rolling papers, come on, this is classic. So yeah, I, I'm real happy with how those turned out. Um, it's it's fun. It's a great promotional item as well. What I've been doing is just throwing a handful of those in my pocket when I go out to writers rounds and stuff. And whereas I would usually give somebody a business card, now I'm just giving them a pack of papers. Wow. Uh-huh. 
Very smart of you. Very Thank smart you. of you. It fits your brand. Yep. It fits your brand. It it's cost effective, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it works. I, I was oh. impressed. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> functional. I'm more that's, that's right. I'm more impressed <laughs> now that I talk to you. I talk to you. That's incredible. Uh, the next track that we're going to be listening to is "Leaving Home." It's more of a folky song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, honestly, the harmony in that song blew me away. I felt like I was listening to Barbershop. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's my buddy Brian Allison and I. Uh, you know, it's him and I have been co-writing together for about four or five years now, and we've generated enough material to where, you know, this coming year we're working on putting together a full EP to release. So there'll, there'll be more releases from him and I coming out. Um, but yeah. that's the distinction between his music and, you know, between what we're doing as a collaborative stuff versus what I'm doing solo is it's all built around that tight two-part harmony the whole time. It's amazing. Know? It's mm-hmm. amazing. I, like, honestly, it's... Uh, it, it compares to Simon and Garfunkel, Logs oh, of Messina. Like I, I was blown away how well yeah. you two harmonized. Yeah, so I really gonna, appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. No, it's just that talent is amazing. So we're gonna listen to Leaving Home right now. Right on. We gotta leave this town. Nothing left here, always lost, but never found. There's no reason we should stay This town we're living in is getting smaller every day Something tells me you'll go This could have happened years ago I believe in us and together Go! 
I don't know which one's my favorite, but to tell you the truth, with the harmony of the leaving home, uh, it it sold me. It really mm-hmm. sold me. It was the kind of thing you could sit back, light a campfire, and just chill. It's great. I love uh, that. Thank you. Yeah, and and that, and that's sort of what I'm trying to do. Like, I mean, part of what I love is is a wide variety of music. You know, I'm very eclectic in my tastes, and so yeah. it's been hard for me over the course of my career to kind of narrow down like what what does Matt Burke sound right? Like, what is the what's the sound Matt Burke's trying to put out there? Like, how do you know you're listening to a Matt Burke song? And for me, you know, the term Americana gets kind of some bad rep these days because people say, well, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's just this blanket statement. You know, that anything go on. A lot of bands uh, are saying that Americana label, and it's like, yeah, I agree. Right. But see, for me, I feel like it's almost the flip side of that. Like, I think the beauty of it is that it can apply to anything that's traditionally American, you know, in terms of music. So for me, I like I like being able to have music come out that sounds like traditional 70s Nashville honky-tonk country, right? I love that stuff. I grew up on it. But I also, like, have a very strong folk singer-songwriter Americana streak in me, you know, where I want to – and I want to put those songs out, too. And I feel like it's okay to do that. I hope I'm not confusing people. <laughs> It's nice to have that. that, Because you have depth to your music. I don't think that would confuse people. I I, I don't think, uh, I don't feel any artist should lock themselves into one genre. And and I don't think fans do either. Like, I don't think fans do. Maybe media does. Right. Or the platforms. Like, you go to register a song and it's like, uh, okay, you got to name the genre, right? And it's like, uh-huh. oh my God. And then the subgenre, then the hyper genre. And it's right. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, there's so much. Nashville is an interesting city because it, it you've got everybody here that can help you, right? Like my frustration in Florida was I was having trouble finding the doors I could knock on for people that could help my career. You know, in Nashville, I know if I wake up every day and go knock on doors, I'm not going to run out of doors to knock on. But the problem is every one of those doors has a different opinion on who you should be and how you should sound and how you should be going about structuring your career and what makes sense and what doesn't. And so that's constantly in contrast with me as an artist that says, hey, I've got these sounds in my head that I think other people are going to like too. <laughs> and I want to get them okay. out, you know? And, and that might mean that one second I'm sounding like Waylon Jennings and then the other second I'm sounding like Simon and Garfunkel. I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah, so what type of doors do you knock on? Like labels and managers? or Yeah, so so I write enough in town here to where I can't obviously release all of that, right? Like, I mean, I, it's, it's too much music and a lot of it doesn't make sense under what I consider my artist umbrella. So what that ends up doing is creating this pot of songs that I think are really good, but that aren't necessarily for me. And so when I'm writing each week, I'm constantly deciding, is this something that's going to be a Matt Burke release? Or is this something that I'm going to try to demo up and shop around town to potentially have another hook in the water for another artist to pick up or for a sync deal or something like that? So mm-hmm. that's the part of the industry I'm constantly working outside of just continuing to push my musicality and my brand is I'm trying to get my stuff in music, TV, film, commercial. I'm trying to get my stuff cut by other artists. You know, I'm basically just trying to constantly have my name bouncing around town where we can go, oh, yeah, Matt Burke, I've heard his stuff. I really like his stuff, you know. No, that's very smart of you. Thank you. That's very smart of you. That makes a whole lot of sense. And the videos that you put out, they're both lyrics uh, videos, but they're both well done. Thank both you. well done. Different uh, different uh, flavor to both of them. And yeah. talk a bit about the creation of those. 
Yeah, I think it comes back to the point I made earlier about, you know, I love a song that tells a good story, right? And I think that, you know, I, I used to be the kind of listener that would f primarily focus on kind of the vibe of the music and the tone of the music. And I would catch the lyrics on, upon, like, you know, further repeated listenings, right? Okay. And so now with my music, I think there's a really cool vibey aspect to it. Like it feels good to listen to. It's fun music or it's, you know, pretty music or whatever. But the, the lyrics are what I'm proud of. You know, I feel like I'm telling some fun stories. I feel like I'm, I'm putting some clever stuff into my song. So I knew on these releases, number one, I want people to understand the lyrics. I, I've always loved, you know, back from the vinyl days, you know, just opening up that vinyl, listening to the album and reading through the lyrics, looking at the photos. Oh, you know, so yeah. I think yeah. a lyric video is a nice way to do that. But I mean, let's be real. A lyric video also is significantly cheaper to produce than a performance video is, right? So, and you know, with me, like my goal at being in Nashville this past year or two has been I want to put something out as frequently as possible. And I want to accompany yeah. those releases with a video. And yeah. it's just not feasible to put those kind of releases out with the PR efforts behind them and a performance video every time. And I feel like lyric videos, that's great. You know, a lot of folks aren't even on the streaming services now. And they can go to YouTube. They can follow along the lyrics. They can jam the song from there, you yeah, uh, I enjoy uh, watching lyric videos. And with music, it's a business like anything else. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure out where you want to put your energy and your finances into. You That's know, right. And everybody, has, you don't have to go the route, uh, I guess the standard route. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Whatever that even is these days, you know, I think everybody's constantly <laughs> yeah. trying to find out what the new standard uh, yeah. route is. Yeah, I think COVID's kind of blew that one up, didn't it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so where's the best place to hang out with Matt Burt? So my website, Matt Burke Music, um, you know, I, I keep an open line of communication with my mailing list. So, you know, anything that's going on with me, any new releases I have, I'm always hitting up my mailing list first, you know. And I think moving forward, what I'm going to do, I'm working on an EP that should be out, you know, sometime uh, late winter, early spring. And I think what I'm going to do with that EP is give my mailing list access to it first, you know. So my oh, mailing awesome. list... Yeah, just say, hey, here it is. You know, we'll run a pre-sale for just the mailing list, and then it shows up on my website, and they get it on the release day. And then the release day for streaming services will be like two, three weeks later. And incentivize people really kind of connecting and saying, listen, I dig your stuff. I want to be a part of your team. And then they get everything first. You know, so that's first and foremost, I think, the best place for people to connect with me. But I'm active on Facebook and Instagram as well. So those are also great places if you're on those socials to connect and kind of keep an eye on what I'm doing. That's awesome. It's been great having you on the show. I love your music. I look forward to hearing what you put out for the rest of the year. I look forward to the album. I'll sign up on the newsletter uh, before I close the website. And uh, thank you for being here. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the show. Sponsored by The Buzzer Media. Thank you to the artists who share their music. Our shows wouldn't happen without their music. Subscribe at thebuzzerpod.com. Fans and artists can submit their request to Shay at thebuzzworld.com. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.